This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From NJ.com, this is Talk is Cheap, a New York Giants podcast. We're talking big blue football all year round. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 84 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by James Crash and Dan Duggan. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media as we start moving from the kind of the dead period, if there is one around the NFL, guys, to action's about to pick up here. So we're doing this podcast on a Monday, the final Monday of February. Um, by this week, as we move it along, the combine will get going, and by next week, the league year will be here, and free agency will be here, and trades will be here, and everything will start picking up uh, very quickly. So, James, we'll start with you. I mean, there, there really isn't a down period in the NFL, but if there is one, we're kind of past it now, and here we go with all the rumors and free agency and, of course, the combine. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the NFL did something interesting this year. They kind of – you know, last season, the combine would have – you know, we're taping this on uh, Monday, February 27th. We should already kind of be past the combine. That last year it was a week earlier, and then you kind of had like a full week to to ramp up with everything about free agency and and, and kind of build into the following week when free agency started. But the NFL kind of they moved the combine back a week this year, so everything's going to be kind of jammed into one. And obviously, you know, you go to the combine, and it, it's very important for draft prospects and. And a lot of the coaches and GMs speak, and people sort of get a firm grasp on you know measurables and such for the draft in April. But it's really a major free agency event because all the agents are in one city, all the teams, all the personnel directors, head coaches, scouts, they're all in one city. People can kind of talk, start to get a rough idea of what the market's going to look like. But unlike in years past, you know, they're kind of going to leave Indianapolis and at the end of the combine, and they're basically going to jump right into free agency. There's no buffer period to kind of, in terms of media, you know, kind of build up the hype and, and also for teams to kind of get their ducks in order. So I'm intrigued to see how it's going to work when we kind of have a smashed-together schedule, kind of condensed schedule over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's, it's different this year than it was last year, and it will change it. I mean, we'll be talking about the combine, and you guys will be writing about it, and then all of a sudden – Next week, Dan, I mean, everything starts on Thursday, March 9th, which it's, it's going to happen here fast. All of a sudden, we're going to go from rumors, rumors, rumors to all these players changing teams really fast. And there seems to be a lot of big names that could be out there in the normal free agency. But then and we'll get into a big one in a minute here. But there seems to be a lot of these veterans that could get cut and not necessarily giants, but just big names, Dan, that could be out there in the free agent market. This is going to be an interesting group of guys that could be available. 
Yeah, I think you've seen it kind of comes in waves. Like there was the sort of obvious cuts of the Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings kind of happened, you know, earlier in February. But then in the last week or so, uh, it seemed like especially, you know, we look at everything through a Giants prism, obviously. And so offensive line guys are going to catch our attention. And and you see Ryan Clady and, and Russell Okung hit the market. And all of a sudden, it looks a little bit better. I mean, not that either one of those guys is, uh, you know, playing at a Pro Bowl level at this point in their career. But I think if you're just looking at it from a Giants perspective, the more the merrier because it was a really thin tackle class. And all of a sudden, you know, you add a couple of guys with a lot of starting experience who, uh, you know, would most likely represent an upgrade from Eric Flowers, which, again, is, is one of the big priorities, I think, for the Giants this offseason. So uh, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you look at the free agent market, you know, when the season ends and it looks one way. But by the time we get to, you know, March 9th, when people can actually sign on the dotted line, it might look a lot different uh, because teams have uh, some big decisions to make when you start talking about roster bonuses and, and you know, cap hits and all that good stuff. Um, you know, that type of stuff can shake out and make the market a little better, like I said, and I think that's what's happened uh, at left tackle, which is good news for the Giants. It is. Anytime there's a surplus at a position a team needs, that's that's a good thing for Jerry Reese, good thing for the Giants. All right, let's, let's headline this one. Let's start this podcast off with the name that has been connected to the Giants a bunch the last few weeks. You guys have, have wrote about it. Um, Vegas has odds on it. The player himself has mentioned the Giants multiple times, which is really different than usual, considering the player we're going to talk about here isn't actually a free agent yet. James, let's start with all these rumors around Adrian Peterson and the New York Giants. Now, next week, we'll do our our full free agency preview podcast, and we'll give thoughts on everything the Giants should do. But for today, let's start with Peterson and just the smoke and maybe the fire around this. So as of this recording, he is still a Minnesota Viking. They have not released him. They haven't done anything with him yet. There's a lot of speculation out there that because of his cap hit and the bonus and all that and, and his age and lack of production last year and injuries, the Vikings might part ways with Adrian Peterson. First thought, James, before we get into all of the logistics of it, does Adrian Peterson fit the Giants? No. How come? I, well, a couple of reasons. One, I think you look at his history and I come back to this. Well, I mean, first off, he's going to be 32 years old in March. He just missed 13 games due to a knee issue. He's had injuries in the past. I mean, the Giants just released a running back who's approaching 32. I'm not trying to say Adrian Peterson and Rashad Jennings are the same type of player, but you know they're making a concerted effort to get younger. I just don't see why they would want to bring in a guy who's got so much tread on his tires like that. Another thing I go with Peterson, and I don't want to take away every reason, because obviously Dan's got to say something, but he's a guy who traditionally does not – run he's not traditionally not usually very productive running out of shotgun and that is something that the Giants use 50 percent of the time now obviously the Giants can also get in the eye that I mean that's not a problem they've done single back sets but they don't have a full back on the roster although I think Will Johnson of health he's going to kind of fill that role to an extent you know it, it just seems to me that why would you want to bring a guy in like Adrian Peterson who's old and he's got the injury history, and he might not have much left. I mean, even when he was healthy last year for the Vikings, I know they were, like, I think the worst rushing team in the league, but he wasn't terribly productive when he was on the field. Why would you want to bring him in and kind of completely, you know, maybe have to transform the way you run your offense just to fit this guy who who may break down and might not even work? And the last thing for me is, I know it's in the past, but his off-field issues, the, the child abuse situation where you got to spend. I mean, the Giants, after the way they just completely botched the Josh Brown scandal, they can't. They don't have the capital, in my opinion, to go out here and add Adrian Peterson. I mean, the, the owner still hasn't addressed the situation 
to the media. I mean, he still hasn't spoken to anyone since the Mike Francesa interview. So I don't see how they're going to sign Adrian Peterson and just keep trucking along and kind of kick the can further down the road and not kind of face the music on it. So, look, I I think it's all fun and fans get excited because he's a future Hall of Famer and they know his name and it it sounds really good. It's like Madden, but Adrian Peterson's not a fit for the Giants and uh, I would be kind of surprised if he is here next year. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense. I agree with almost everything you said there, James. Uh, but yet he is fanning the flames of this, right? Like a couple months ago, I believe he was on ESPN and mentioned the Giants. Um, on, I think the question was something about teams that he would consider playing for or think about playing for if he was ever a free agent. He mentioned the Giants by name. Then he had that tweet a couple weeks ago where he was basically, you know, looking at what the Giants' moves and the moves they had been making as if he was eyeing them up. Dan. Do you think there's a fit here? And what do you make of Peterson's seemingly, you know, being interested in the Giants? Uh, no, I don't see it. I agree with you know everything James said, and I appreciate him and leaving a little meat on the bone because then I'd even go further with, uh, you know, the age factor. I know he's a freak and, and no one's really ever come back from an ACL the way he has. But at the same time, at some point, these guys break down. Obviously, he missed most of last season with injuries. Uh, was he 32, I want to say? And uh, I think the the record after uh, 30 is not very good for running backs. I, I looked it up a couple of weeks ago and I wrote that they shouldn't sign him as uh, of the top 20 rushers last year, only Frank Gore and Matt Forte were over 30. And I think even everyone would admit both of those guys are on the downslope of their career. So it's not as if uh, you know there's some fountain of youth that many of these running backs find after 30. And then also financially, I mean, he's obviously not going to get $18 million next year, no matter where he's playing. I mean, obviously the Vikings aren't going to uh, just honor his contract as it stands. But I don't think he's going to be looking for, oh, I'll just take $2 million to go play for a win or anything like that. I mean, he still is a big name, and he's, you know, he still has uh, the resume that he has. He's going to want, I don't know, maybe it's $5 million, maybe it's $7 million, whatever it is. It's way too much for the Giants to be paying uh, to a running back, I think, at his age, because uh, he's obviously not going to be a long-term option. You, you kind of have that in Paul Perkins. So uh, just for all those reasons that James said and the, the finances and the age, just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, as far as him with the kind of the public flirting, I think uh, maybe it's a little flattering for the Giants that, hey, you know, Adrian Peterson's winking at us. This is kind of nice, but, I mean, it's not 24-year-old Adrian Peterson. So uh, I think a lot of that might just be him just doing some strange kind of leveraging where kind of making a market for himself to put a little pressure on the Vikings. Because, again, everyone knows the Vikings are going to do something about this contract. So I think he probably wants to say, well, listen, when you do cut me or whatever you do, uh, you know, I'm not just going to automatically come back and resign on a, on a you know cheaper deal. There's going to be people out there that want me. So he's almost just doing a little guerrilla marketing and building some interest in himself. Um, it's strange that you don't usually see it where a guy is under contract to one team and is is openly, like I said, flirting with another team. Especially his his tweet about the interesting move the Giants made. I mean, basically they you know they cut Victor Cruz and Rashad Jennings, two moves that were super predictable. So it was, it was, he was clearly stretching just to make sure he got that out there because was they didn't do anything crazy that was like wow what a move the Giants made. It was it, it was totally predictable offseason stuff. So uh, he clearly wanted to kind of force himself in there and and, and kind of link his name to the Giants. He knew we'd all write five stories about it. We'd be talking about it on a podcast. So it was probably you know smart marketing move by him. I yeah, mean, it was. He, you know, he created this conversation. I mean, there's, there's no doubt. About it. It's not the Giants. I like this is all coming out from Giants sources. This is coming from Adrian Peterson. And then we connect the dots because the Giants obviously have a hole at running back. I mean, even if we believe in Paul Perkins, they could use another back at some point there to go along with him now that Rashad Jennings is gone. James, you were mentioning his age. I mean, you both were. And he's going to be 32 uh, in, in March. So play next season at 32. 
what what do we make of him as a player now? I mean, clearly Adrian Peterson is a Hall of Famer. You both said it. He's going to be there in Canton one day, one of the greatest backs of all time. What's hard for me is I look at the numbers. I, I think about the last few years, like the middle year, 2015, he was Adrian Peterson. 2014, he wouldn't play because of, James, what you mentioned with the child abuse suspension or whatever the NFL couched that as. And then last year, he got hurt after playing three games, and he had 1.9 yards of carry. Like, on one end, I say, 31 years old, 1.9 yards of carry after all of the yards and carries he had before. Maybe he's just flat done. And then the other part of me says the last time he was healthy in a season, he was still one of the best backs you know, in the league. Like, what do we expect he could be? Even if he goes somewhere else besides the Giants, what do you think Adrian Peterson is as a player now? That's a great question. I mean, I don't think he's like Emmett Smith with the Cardinals done, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't know if he's, if he can have the 2015 thing. I, I think the way you got to look at Adrian Peterson is you're right. He, he's going to have a job somewhere. And I'm sure the Vikings would like to have him have a job with, them, I just think it's going to come down to. I think he's, his base salary is like eleven point seven five million. He's doing a six million dollar roster bonus. I mean, obviously, you're not going to pay Adrian Peterson basically eighteen million dollars next year. Now, if he is reasonable and takes, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe that six million dollar roster bonus. Maybe that's kind of where the the Vikings said, well, "Well, we'll give you that," and you know, some and the veteran minimum as a salary. Well, maybe he takes that. But if he doesn't take it, he needs to go somewhere. And I think what you saw with the Giants was if you're Adrian Peterson and you're trying to posture and kind of, you know, leverage out the Vikings, well, who are you going to threaten them with? Uh, you're, I mean, I know people brought up the Cowboys, but I don't think, I mean, why would the Cowboys, why would he want to go to Dallas and get, what, you know, eight carries a game behind Ezekiel Elliott? Uh the Packers are right in the division, but the Packers never sign. I mean, the Packers rarely, if ever, go to, after free agents. Why would they bring in Adrian Peterson at 32? That seems like a non-Packer thing to do. So you've surveyed the landscape. The Giants are, and I think you're right, it, it should kind of flatter the Giants because I think he feels that, you know, the Vikings look at the Giants and the Vikings want to compete next year. They think they have the team to build to do it. And the Giants are kind of on that level as well. So that's my guess is that he just looks at the Giants as a team that need a running back and they're the closest thing to a contender that he feels he can leverage the Vikings with. Yeah, and he might be that. And this is, you know, kind of a ploy by him. I'm sure his agents involved in this. They want to create a market, Dan, like you were saying a few minutes ago. Dan, when you look at Peterson, the player, what would he be worth? And let's strip everything away. Let's just forget for a second all the stuff about you know, off the field and the Josh Brown, like, let's say the Giants were interested. Let's just, let's just play that game for a minute. What do you think he'd be worth as a player now, considering Paul Perkins is there? You mentioned a few minutes ago, he's not going to want to take peanuts to play, but like, if, if there was a number on it, where does, in your mind, it kind of start to make sense for the Giants? Like, okay, if he'll play for this, heck, why not give, why not make this happen? Huh, that's a good question. I mean, What's Shane Vereen getting? Let's let you probably start there. He's getting about four million, I think. So I mean, he's certainly uh, probably worth whatever Shane Vereen is getting. I think Shane Vereen, his base salary is three point one million, um, twenty seventeen. So certainly in in that range would would be a fair starting point for again a guy we're talking about as you know one of the best running backs ever. Um, but again, it just goes back to you know you, you got to pay for future performance, not past performance. So I mean, it's. Uh, it's just a tough thing for me to really put a value on him because he might just be done. I mean, we don't know. And obviously he was injured last year. And like you said, two years ago when he was healthy, he was, he was still a great back, but uh, I just, 
I just don't see how the finances can work because again, yeah, maybe maybe he's worth four million. I don't see him probably taking that. And if he does, I still don't think that's the best you know kind of allocation of their resources though. Because yeah, all right, four million dollars for a really good running back, you could probably spend you know whatever the rookie contract would be for a fourth round pick and get similar production. So I just don't see um, you know, even if they can get him on a you know quote unquote cheap deal, I still just don't think that's the best way for them to spend their money because they have Perkins, they have Vereen. Like I said, they can get a solid running back in the you know the middle rounds. I've seen so many of those. I mean again if you're looking at uh the top rushers in the league, go down and look how many of those guys are, you know, first round picks and very you know very few outside of maybe Ezekiel Elliott. So uh there's plenty of quality in the draft. I just don't think it's a position you want to invest in. Uh definitely not a position you want to invest in on a you know soon to be thirty two year old. So I think that uh, whatever his contract is, someone will pay it. You know, I think he'll probably end up staying in Minnesota. I really think they'll they'll have to obviously restructure this deal because they're not going to pay him. You know what he's on the books for right now, but it just seems to make sense for him to stay there. Um, and I, again, the Giants. I think you say you know thanks, but no thanks. And one thing is, I mean, the Giants obviously can't come out like Jerry's can't come out and say, oh, we want Adrian Peterson. He's under contract to another team. But obviously, there's ways that things get leaked all the time and, and you haven't heard anything you know, haven't heard anything one way or another they haven't come on you know through back channels so they're not interested but i kind of think that if there was some serious interest you might have heard you know you would have seen maybe one of these national guys say oh you know giants you know we would definitely be interested if he does hit the market and you haven't seen any of that i just think it's a situation where like i said it's maybe a little bit flattering that this uh you know mvp uh you know is, is showing you a little attention but just the end of the day just doesn't doesn't make sense on a number of levels to me yeah, I don't. You're not the only one. I mean, you two are, are probably more in the majority. There are some fans I've seen are, are intrigued by this, but I, I'd be surprised if it happened. But before we move on to the combine stuff, one last thing, James. What are your thoughts on, on Peterson? Is the biggest example. He's the biggest name that probably will be part of this kind of conversation over the next couple of weeks for the Giants. But you know, he's 32. His best days are behind him. But how do you think the Giants are going to go about free agency from this perspective? You know, we've talked about the fact that they're young, they want to get younger, but they have Eli in the last few years. They're trying to win now while keeping the thing going the right way for the long term. Like Peterson or other older free agents, how do you think they're going to approach that? You know, would they take a flyer on a guy just to try to win this year or the year after? You think they're going to stay away from those type of guys? I think by and large, they'll stay away from those guys. I mean, even if you look at the, all the free agents they signed last year, uh, the big three, they were all very young, very clean injury histories. I do think that there's an argument to be made at, at certain positions. Like, for instance, at left tackle, if you can sign Andrew Whitworth to a one- or two-year deal, I think that's a no-brainer. You just do it. I know he's going to turn 36 during the season, but I mean that's a, a position of significant need. He's the best guy in the market. I, I just think it makes sense. But I, other, like, I just don't think running back is a position where you say, let's take a flyer on a 32-year-old who's going to the Hall of Fame and he could be an MVP candidate or he also could be you know, completely you know, a non-factor. I, I just don't think running back is a position where you can kind of roll guys in and out. You can find guys late in the round, undrafted free agents, younger guys, better injury history that could probably do just what Adrian Peterson – I mean, look, there is a – I don't know, 20% chance Adrian Peterson can be 2015 Adrian Peterson, and that would be great. And the Giants would, of course, sign up for that. But I think it's a kind of a big risk, big investment to have no guarantee of that. But there are certain positions, I think, you know, if JPP walks, maybe you look at it. I think the Giants' best plan at that point would be to add one or two of those second-tier veteran defensive ends 
and kind of drafts, you know, grab a pass rusher early in the draft, very deep draft for pass rushers, and then kind of go about that way. I do think there are positions where the Giants should consider bringing in older guys for a one- or two-year sprint to the finish with Eli or a three-year sprint to the finish. He's got three years left in his deal. But I don't – I think it's special cases. And I don't think that applies to every position on the board. Yeah, it's interesting. Most teams want to stay away from older guys. When you have an older quarterback and you're trying to win now at the same time uh, of keeping it going the long term, it's, it's, it's kind of that in-between, and the Giants could be at that this year. So next week we'll do a free, full free agency podcast and a preview of what's going to happen when everything opens up on Thursday, March 9th. This week, of course, and we're doing this podcast on a Monday – uh, is the combine and everything will get going in in Indianapolis and by this coming weekend we'll know a lot more about some of these prospects in terms of these measurables than than we know right now. From each of you, let's talk for a few minutes about a couple things, whether it's names or just overarching things you're looking at for the combine this week. I mean, the Giants hold a 23rd pick. I feel like last year at this time we were already discussing names. The fact that the Giants were good this year this past season, and they don't have a top you know, 15 pick. We don't have as many of those names yet because it's, we're still kind of gathering what they did, free agency, and not worried about the draft as much. But that will change soon, and, and we'll be talking about that first-round pick a lot over the next couple of weeks. Dan, a couple of things from you you're looking forward to with the Combine, whether players you're just interested in watching how they do or just overarching themes. Yeah, it is interesting the way the order goes here because I'm all free agency mode, and then we got you know kind of focus on the draft for a week, then get back into free agency. So it it is my head my head hasn't really been on the combine as much. I got I guess I got to get there on my way to Indy tomorrow. But um, I think tight end is kind of the the big position for me. I've I've kind of zeroed in on that as where I think the Giants should go in the first round. I mean, obviously that's tough when you're 23rd, where you can't just say, oh, we know so and so is going to be there. So. Uh, I, I think that the, that's the position, though, that most intrigues me because it's just the position I think they, they desperately need to upgrade. It's just a position where, uh, you know, I went back and looked. Jerry Reese, you know, in 10 drafts has never used a pick in the first three rounds at tight end. That, that kind of surprised me. Um, you know, obviously they've had a lot of success through the years with late round picks or, or undrafted free agents. But I think at some point you kind of, you know, you get what you put into it and they haven't made much of an investment. And you saw last year it was, it was a pretty big weakness. So I think they really need to address that. It's really not a position I think that I would want to go spend big bucks on a Martellus Bennett and free agency uh, when there are quality tight ends. So, I mean, the, the two guys sort of at the top of my list and top of most lists is, is O.J. Howard from Alabama and David Njoku from Miami. Um, I think those are the two guys who, you know, I guess the Giants would hope could be there at 23. Uh, certainly if they are, I think either one of them would be a good pick. Um, Howard has more buzz. Maybe he goes higher than that. So I think Njoku would be a solid guy to to kind of settle on there. But those would be interesting how they test because, uh, you know, everyone is going to be compared to their peers. So you kind of have what you've seen on film, what they've done in terms of stats. But uh, it'll just be interesting to see how these guys measure up, especially a tight end where a position where – you obviously need a good mix if you want some, you know, some solid, you know, big guys, but they also need to be able to run and be athletic. So uh, if I was going to look at one position, uh, tight end would definitely be the one I'm, I'm most interested in. James, where are you looking? I mean, there's a lot of themes here, a lot of different ways the Giants go with, with the tight ends. I mean, the two Dan mentioned, the Giants haven't had that kind of tight end that you look at as a focal point in a long time. Um, but again, like he said, Jerry Reese hasn't gone there. Where are you looking with this combine? I think. I'm intrigued to see how the pass rushers do. I don't know. I, I'm kind of different. Even if even if the Giants do re-sign Jason Pierre-Paul, I think they have a significant need to add another pass rusher and maybe go in the first round with one. Just because, you know, I think 
it, I, and I've written the numbers multiple times on NJ.com, but their defensive backs had four, over four times as many sacks in 2016 as all their reserve defensive ends did. I think that's a major issue the Giants kind of have to address. I think, you know, Odigizu obviously has had two kind of injury played years to start his career. Okwara, you know, showed a lot of promise, but as we said before, he, he is an undrafted free agent. You know, you can't. Ex- yeah, I think that's one of the things I've kind of seen from Giants fans, just a quick aside. You know, a lot of fans, you know, with the tight end thing, they get on Will Ty a lot. I mean, Will Ty was an undrafted free agent out of Stony Brook. What he's kind of accomplished in his short NFL career to this point is relatively remarkable. I mean, the guy has been a significant success as an undrafted free agent. He was a really solid find for the Giants. I think a lot of fans look at him and, you know, basically think he should be Gronk or Martellus Bennett, and they kind of grade him accordingly. I I think Dan's right. They need to get a, a number one tight end, but I do think you can also give the Giants credit as an organization for finding a guy, Will Ty, who I think is probably best as a second tight end, but a guy who makes some plays. I also think there's a chance that they may, and we kind of Maybe we'll hopefully try to get a vibe on us when we speak to McAdoo on Wednesday. Maybe they don't look tight end in the first round because they feel that Jarrell Adams can make a major leap in, in year two and kind of give them a lot more at that position. But back to pass rusher, I think that's a major key for the Giants. I just think they need to get more you know, production from their pass rush. Uh, they were better than they were in 2015 last year, but they still were kind of middle of the pack in the league. And I think they've got to get more proven production beyond the, the two big guys who maybe one big guy, OV, in, in two weeks. Yeah, there's not enough there. It feels like whenever Pierre Paul and and Olivier Vernon were off the field, that you know it went down dramatically, which you know any team would when you lose your top pass rushers. But you know those those two need a break once in a while. So that's that's a great point. Pass rushers, tight ends. Before we get to a Twitter question here, which uh, is a good one from uh, Glenn, who responded to, to you, Dan, on Twitter, I want to ask you guys about the quarterbacks, because that's going to be probably the biggest theme for just NFL fans this week at the Combine. You know, not just the Giants bubble, but because we don't know who the consensus quarterback is. There's not the one or two this year. There's like three guys or four, maybe. Some people like, some people don't. A lot of you know, up and down with the quarterbacks this year. But the Giants obviously are going to watch this more than usual, as we've talked about on this podcast, because they are looking into the quarterback market, maybe not in the first round or second, but at some point here. So when you guys look at the quarterback market and the Giants in particular, do you think this is going to be an interesting week as they look at these guys? Or do you think more of their work on the quarterbacks they might take is in individual work, is in the film? Or do you think this combine is going to matter for the Giants as they look at potential quarterbacks they might draft, Dan? Uh, yeah, I think it'd be very interesting because, uh, especially at that position, I think the face-to-face meetings will be pretty important. I think, uh, you know, it's always tough because there's smoke screens. You know, guys will say, oh, they never even met with a team and then they get drafted and, and vice versa. A guy will meet with a team, visit a team, and, and then they don't pick them. But I think that's a position where you really want to do as much homework and research as you can because, obviously, if you use, say, a third-round pick on a quarterback this year, you're basically saying this is the guy we think can succeed Eli down the road. So I don't think you want to be too coy. I think you want to make sure you, you do all your homework and, and do all your background checks and everything so I think it will be interesting because I think uh, you know it's one of those things having a franchise quarterback for as long as the Giants have had you don't really get to pay attention to the kind of the glamour position in the draft because hey you know Eli's going to be the guy and they're not going to use a, a high pick and I really still don't think they will I know this is probably something I think James disagrees with based, based on why I saw in his mailbag I don't think even if 
uh, one of the top quarterbacks drops to 23, they should even bother uh, taking him there. Unless, I mean, listen, I'm not Ben McAdoo. If, if he absolutely falls in love with Deshaun Watson, thinks that this guy is the best player in the draft, and, and he falls that far, then I guess you have to take him if, if you feel that strongly. But I, I don't think it's a position where, hey, you know, Deshaun Watson's a, a great prospect, and let's just stash him away. Because I think this team is really close to kind of getting over the hump in the immediate uh, you know, future here that they need to get a guy who can make a you know instant impact with that twenty third pick. So even though quarterback's an important position, even though they might you know there might be some value if a guy drops, and you know obviously you don't want to pass on the next Aaron Rodgers, but I just think where they are right now, they have other needs that would be more important at twenty three. Uh, so you're definitely talking about those mid rounds. Um, and, and even McAdoo kind of put a little cold water uh, on an interview where he said it's not a position you want to like chase. So they're not going to just use a third round pick on a quarterback to, to use a third round pick on a quarterback. So if there's not a guy this year, uh, that's sort of the luxury they have in having Eli that uh, they can wait till next year if they need to. Uh, it's not something they need to force. Uh, but it'll definitely be those those mid tier guys, whether it's uh, Gerard Evans from Virginia Tech or Davis Webb from Cal, Nate Peterman from Pitt, some of those names. Uh, will be guys I think the Giants uh, fans will have to pay attention to this week because uh, very well could be, uh, you know, the QB of the future. So uh, I think that will be interesting. And listen, everyone likes talking about quarterbacks anyways. I mean, you know, we can sit here, the, the real diehards will, you know, break down the left guards and everything like that. But uh, the average fan quarterback is definitely going to be a little more exciting. So I think it'll be kind of fun just to to be able to evaluate these quarterbacks and, and see who the Giants might be interested in. Yeah, and we haven't done this for the Giants in a long time. I, you know, I, I think Giants fans haven't really watched the quarterbacks at the Combine probably since 2004. It has been a long time. James, uh, that's an interesting topic. I'm sure we'll have a whole podcast on, on that type of thing at some point down the line. But if one of these guys slips, like a Trubisky or a Kaiser, whoever it is, like the Giants could have an eye on them this week just in case that scenario presents itself You know, when the draft rolls around. Definitely. I, I think the thing we have to think about the quarterbacks is that even if the Giants don't take a quarterback this year, the fact that, you know, obviously Eli is 36 and Jerry said what he said at the end of the season, it kind of is going to frame what the Giants do in a sense. I mean, if the Giants get to 23 and Trubisky or Deshaun Watson or if Kaiser has a you know, if one of those guys is there and the Giants take them, obviously it's a huge story because they basically have taken Eli's successor. And that kind of, you know, starts the clock, the countdown in, in full. If they don't take that player, then obviously I think, you know, what Dan made a perfectly valid argument that you, you know, you're close and you want to add someone who can help immediately. But, uh, Joe, off top, who is the 24th pick? I think it's the Texans? It, uh, Raiders, right? I will look it up right now. Okay. Actually, get me the whole, if it's the Raiders, get me who's after that. So we have the Giants at 23, which was – I mean, this was all obviously set. Yeah. Um, you know, when the – when everything came down during the NFL playoffs. So we know the, we know the Giants are 23, and here – I got the whole thing here. Playoff teams, NFL.com. So the Lions at 21. I'll give you the whole – I'll give you – Okay. I'll give you 21 to 25. Lions at 21. Dolphins at 22. Giants at 23. Uh, the Raiders are at 24 to answer your question, James. It took me a while to get there. And the Texans at 25. So Giants, Raiders, Texans. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is if the Giants have, let's say, Trubisky on the board at 23, they pass on him, and he goes 25 to the Texans, and he becomes a pro bowler, then the Giants, I mean, they're going to get ripped, obviously. If Trubisky... Is on the board. They pass him. He goes to the Texans at twenty-five, and he's a disaster. Then it's gonna be like, 
you know, everyone's thank goodness the Giants didn't take the bait. I, I just think that's how it's going to, if they don't take a quarterback, that's how it's going to kind of frame it of, okay, well, we're passing on Mitch Trubisky in the first round. We're passing on Mahomes and Kaiser in the second round, although I, I doubt both of them. My guess with this quarterback class is that even if it's not the strongest one we've had, that a lot of these guys are going to get a kind of overdrafted just because of the importance. So my, my assumption is right now, assuming Kaiser you know, is kind of getting some buzz, and if they all have good combines, my guess is all the top guys will be gone by 23, and then the Giants can kind of draft, and then when they get to the second round, you know, those second-tier guys will probably be gone. I, I do think that if the Giants are going to grab a quarterback, it's going to be like that Gerard Evans fourth, fifth, sixth-round guy. But I, I just think it's going to present a challenge to Jerry Reese and, and Mark Ross and the rest of the Giants personnel brain trust, McAdoo, if there is a guy who's there for them, they have to make a decision. Well, even if they like the guy, like, do we like him enough that we're going to not bring in a guy who can help us immediately? And do we have enough confidence in our conviction either way that if this guy gets past us, we're not going to look stupid? Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. And and if you love a guy and he's there, you take him and, and you figure it out later on. If you don't, well, we'll be talking about it for years and years if he turns out to be a star. I mean, it, that's why I'll be watching the quarterbacks more this year from a Giants perspective than I have in a very long time. All right, a couple Twitter questions before we wrap up this episode and uh, let you guys get on your way to Indianapolis. All right, so Daniel chimed in here, uh, and he had – well, actually, New York Giants fan on Twitter, which is you know a perfect name for a Twitter account that follows us and wants to talk to us. He had two questions. It's kind of the same thing, so we'll combine it into one. Uh, he asked about an underrated cut that could be made by the Giants and if there's still a possibility of the Giants cutting more players. If so, who? There you go. So it's kind of the same question in, in two ways. For Michio, do you think there could be a surprise or someone else that gets cut? Or do you think after Cruz and Jennings – we're kind of done with the Giants cutting someone that's of a bigger name. Dan? Yeah, I don't know if anyone would – I mean, I guess if it's a surprise, I'll be surprised because I don't, I'm not really predicting uh, any big shakeup. I think kind of the last name that I'm, I'm kind of surprised has survived this far was JT Thomas, um, the linebacker who's been you know, dealing with injuries, missed pretty much all of last season with the torn ACL. Um, if they were to cut him, they would save $3 million against the cap. So I'm just kind of surprised because, I mean, at this point, he's probably maybe their fifth linebacker. Um, and I just, you know, I'd rather take that $3 million and, and put it towards re-signing Keenan Robinson rather than, you know, keeping JT Thomas around as a backup. Uh, they clearly like JT Thomas, though. Uh, you know, they he did take a pay cut last year, so maybe they can just wait and do that. But uh, I think a lot of it probably is maybe just it's, it's timing and maybe they don't feel like they need that $3 million right now, but maybe they get into free agency and decide, hey, it's it's a little more urgent. We need it now. Um but yeah, I guess I guess a guy like him, a pay cut could be an option. He's he's really the the, the guy I think who makes the most sense though. I know there was talk, um, you know, when the offseason started about Shane Vereen. Uh Seems like he's he's safe, uh, especially once you get rid of Jennings. Uh, if you cut Shane Vereen, you really have you know Paul Perkins. You're only running back on the roster, so you'd really have to totally revamp that position. And I think Vereen's a guy uh, who has value, assuming he's healthy. And I mean, they obviously would know better than us, but really no reason to think he won't be healthy by next season. Um, so. I don't, I don't know. If there's a surprise, it's going to surprise me because there's not one guy I'm sitting like, oh, you know, maybe. And obviously there's talk about DRC early in the offseason, but I don't think they would just outright cut him. I think they would try and do, a, you know, a restructured deal or even trade him. Um, but so, yeah, no, I think JT Thomas is the, the kind of the logical name left on the list. Um, yeah, if there's any surprises, it'll definitely catch me off guard. James, anyone you think could still be cut outside of Thomas or is he the, the guy you're looking at too? 
I mean, he's the main guy. Although I, I you know, I think Jake Thomas obviously has been injured so much his first years with the Giants. But if you think about it, when he's healthy, he is a kind of, in my opinion, above average, you know, fourth or fifth linebacker. This guy is very well respected in the locker room. He plays special teams, so it wouldn't shock me if they're keeping him on the roster. In you know, because they don't really have any pressing need to cut him now. I mean. It's not like he has a roster bonus coming or anything. It wouldn't shock me if they're keeping him on the roster just to see how free agency plays out. I mean, obviously, Keenan Robinson's a free agent. Kelvin Shepard's a free agent. Mark Herzlick's a free agent. You know, if Robinson gets a big offer elsewhere, and, you know, we don't really know. If the Giants side, they, they don't want to bring back Shepard or Herzlick or those guys go elsewhere, you know, they may say, okay, well, we're going to keep JT Thomas, and it's a little high, that salary, but, you know, we'll knock we'll give him a little bit of a pay cut or – or something, but we're going to keep him just because we suddenly kind of have that need there, at, you know, for a veteran, you know, kind of backup linebacker who plays special teams. In terms of surprise cuts, I, I agree with Dan. Like, it's going to be a surprise to me. I will say that if you look at the, you know, the Giants roster, you know, fans guys can go to Spotrack or, or overthecap.com. There are some of the younger guys in the team, you know, kind of the, the lower round draft picks in recent years. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, you kind of cut them. You might save a million dollars in cap space and only have, you know, $50,000 or less in dead cap. So I guess some of those guys could be surprise cuts, probably more so when we get to training camp, just because, you know, if the Giants bring in a younger guy who impresses and they think is better, they're not going to be have much financial penalty to cut those guys. But as of now, I think, I think JT Thomas is the, the one guy who's the most likely to get cut and don't really see anything else yet. But obviously that can change when we get to training camp. If, if guys lose jobs and they suddenly, you know, have the Giants can save a little money here and there, even just if it's a carryover situation, I, I think you can see that. Yeah, it's always fluid. I mean, you, you never know who could get moved if, if someone else uh, takes a job or, or moves someone down a depth chart. So we'll pay attention on that. But JT Thomas is the one name we'll watch. We have the Combine this week, Indianapolis. We'll be paying attention to quarterbacks for the first time in a while. And then next week, of course, everything gets going. Um, and it'll start fast. Thursday with free agency. We'll be back next week to a full Giants preview. We'll have a plan for each of us, some thoughts, what they could do, what they shouldn't do, uh, and we'll bring it to you next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. James, as always, thanks for doing this. You got it, Joe. Thank you. And thanks, Dan, and have a, a safe flight out to Indianapolis. Yeah, thanks a lot, Joe. And thanks all of you for listening to episode 84 of Talk is Cheap. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find ours, download it, and make sure to listen every week. We'll be back next week on NJ.com. <laughs>